You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey coaches, this episode is about this episode is about a coaching skill that you might not have learned in coach training school. In fact, I go so far as to say it's also a relationship skill. Find the show notes at prosperouscoach.com slash 138. A few weeks ago, one of my VIP clients emailed me asking if she could coach me in our next session to get more practice. It totally took me by surprise. No client had ever asked that before. And I felt conflicted about it, so I gave it some really careful thought before responding. It wasn't without risk, after all. How might it affect our mentoring relationship? I decided to say yes if I could think of a good topic. It had to be something real for me because making something up wouldn't give her good practice, and it needed to be complex enough to truly challenge her. And then I realized my topic was staring me in the face. I had been deliberating about a very serious personal decision. It was something that involved my health, finances, and it also affected my partner too, so it was a big deal. And suddenly I kind of felt gifted by the universe because I really did need an objective person to share this dilemma with and bounce options off of. So in our next session, we jumped into the co-creative relationship. My client's coaching was near to flawless, really. In fact, it was some of the best coaching I'd ever experienced. I came away from the conversation feeling clear about my next steps and leaning towards a decision that would honor my values and needs. And after coaching, we both stepped out of the co-creative role And then she asked for feedback, and it was really easy for me to give her praise about a dozen things, things that I truly felt not only observed with sort of my mentoring mind. There was only one thing that I thought needed correction. Because I'd been working with this coach for a few months already, this thing hadn't affected my ability to be coached well that day, but I knew that it could be an issue for her with a new client if she didn't make some changes in her approach. It could even affect her ability to enroll a new client. During our coaching, her voice was a bit flat. Technically, she was masterful, asking all the right questions with excellent timing and moving me through to my decision without advising or without manipulating. But energetically, I didn't feel enough human connection in the coaching. And this is important. It was not about the words she spoke. It was about the lack of feeling conveyed in the words through her voice. Now, voices, they are amazing tools. They have the power to communicate beyond words. I first 
learned this in college when I took a voice and diction class. And at the end of the semester, my professor clapped his hands on my shoulders and looked directly into my eyes. And he was like six foot five. So, (laughs) and I'm like five, four. So he was really looking down into my eyes and he said, you must do something professional with your voice, Rhonda. (laughs) And that had a huge impact, I can tell you. But I didn't become a singer or an actor or a broadcaster. I became a coach. I used my voice a lot over the last two decades, never so much as with my podcast, which has given my voice more range in multiple ways, and it's impacting more people than ever. Just the other day in a discovery call, a prospect said to me, you sound just like your podcast. (laughs) And it seemed that that was very reassuring to her, and I felt a kind of connection when she said that, that I don't think could have come from her reading a bunch of blogs that I'd written. So back to my client, the excellent coach, I suggested that she raise the energy in her voice, inject it with human connection. Just a subtle shift would make a big difference. And she immediately knew what I meant. She recognized that in concentrating so much to use the coaching model and ask the right questions, that her attention wasn't on the energy she was conveying. And she also noted that she could relate somewhat to the dilemma that I brought in my agenda, which she said threw her off a bit, although I couldn't tell that at all. You can convey so much with minor modulation in your voice. You can change the timber of your voice, the speed, the volume, add meaning beyond the words. So I want you to imagine that you're in a session with a client. How can you convey softness in a few words without sounding parental or overstepping a boundary? Could you hear the warmth in my voice just now? How can you shine a smile or convey humor through your voice? I literally did smile as I said that. How can you call attention to what you're saying without becoming loud? Did you notice that I slowed my words down just then and I put a bit more emphasis on certain words? If you're meeting face-to-face with clients, you might not need to inject more humanity into your voice. It can also come across with a gesture or a look on your face. You shine light through your eyes. I have always preferred to coach over the phone. For one thing, I'm an introvert. Plus, I like to take notes. And I know there is intimacy in speaking directly into my clients' ears and they into mine. From my client's voice, I can read body language. I can tell a lot just by their tone, speed, and little elements in their voice. You can too. All it takes is attention to this. Now, maybe you already modulate your voice for meaning, or maybe you could use more subtlety in your voice than what you are now. I think that you know instinctively what you need to do to be an even more masterful coach. Stay inspired and make things happen.
I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.